Good morning. Good morning. Shall we pray? Uh, before we pray, um, if you can sing this song with me. Give me joy in my heart. Give me joy. I need you to sing it for yourself. Thank you. Amen. I, I need you to ask God for that joy this morning. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for your blood, which speaks better things for us. We thank you for your presence, O God, which goes before us and surrounds us. We thank you for being the peace of all our situations and being the prince of that peace. We thank you for being the pace setter when it comes to the things that we don't have an idea as to how to handle. And as a people, O oh Lord, we thank you for how far you have brought us this year. Many have made plans for this day, but where are they? But here we are. Who are we that you are mindful of us? That you are so caring, you are so loving, you are so particular when it comes to us. That you are faithful when it comes to our needs, when it comes to our health. When it comes to everything that concerns us. That you are bold to speak into our lives and tell us that. May we look at the flowers, may we look at the roses, may we look at the lilies of the field. If you can do that much for them, how much more us? So, Father, we give you praise. And we ask, O oh Lord, that, Father, right now, you will invade our understanding. You will invade our hearts. You will invade our minds, O oh God. May you walk through our being and step on anything and everything that will challenge your word. And may you grant us all understanding. Above everything else, Father, meet us all at the point of our needs. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God is faithful, amen. I, I hope the mic is. Praise God. Today, I'm going to be talking about us being called to faithfulness. And uh, God has been good. He has been faithful. That in the midst of all of this, in the midst of everything happening around us, God is faithful. And that no arm of flesh can actually change his mind. We can't convince him based on our attitude for him to be different. And it's amazing how the songs we, that were sung this morning. The final one said, bow down and worship. 
consuming fire. And he ended by saying, this is holy grounds. Amen. Sometimes I think we don't want to sing some of the songs because we are scared of what God will do because we are confessing them. You know, when we are singing in the crashing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. It's, it's interesting. You never know what you're asking for. I'll quickly read from 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Hopefully I have it open. Just the first two verses. <clears throat> let, a man let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Paul here was encouraging the church, especially the teachers and the servants of Christ and managers of the mysteries of God that rather than placing them on a pedestal to let them know that they are accountable to the Lord and if all managers must be found faithful how much more true is it that managers of the gospel message must be faithful proclaimers of that message and representatives of their master Jesus Christ Regardless of whether or not you serve in full-time ministry, if you have believed in Jesus as the atoning sacrifice of your sins, you are to live as a full-time Christian. And therefore, as a servant of Christ. Amen? You are called to operate under his authority to be faithful to your king's agenda. Faithfulness is a big key. I know right now as we sit here, every one of us, we are desiring something. There's something in our heart that we are desiring. There's something in our heart that is staring us up that we are asking God for. But how are we managers of the gifts that God has given unto us? How faithful are we? Are you faithful? Faithful in the, in the fact that you, you have the ability to make the most of what you have been given. And in the same time, you are grateful. You are thankful in that. Because I believe this morning some people might get up and be really, really upset about the weather. It's true. They have every right to be upset. It's freezing cold. But one thing for sure, you have life and you have it in fullness. Amen? You've not been knocked down into the ground. You have life. There is hope. Amen? Sometimes we become very faithful to our own selves. We eat well. We, we go to the GP. We get to see the doctor to speak and tell us, oh, this is how you look. This is what you need to do. We are faithful in taking care of ourselves. Because we see the results of that faithfulness. Amen? I'm just saying that because when you see those results, that means if you are faithful to the th other things that God has given unto you, what will happen? We'll see results. Amen? 
So I'm speaking to myself, I'm speaking to everyone here, dependent on where you are, what you do, be it in church, be it outside. The gospel of God says, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Whatever you do. I think the first, I've been reading that word, but the first time that word hit me, I said, so what do you mean? Even the way I drink, the way I sleep, the way I speak, the time I spend to watch Netflix, the, time, the music I listen to, am I doing it to the glory of God? Proverbs 4.18 says, But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. Amen? And Luke 10, no, Luke 16, 10 to 13, I read, One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. I'm not saying money is bad, but you cannot serve God and money. Follow me on this journey. We are going somewhere. Amen. I am trying to let you understand what it takes or what it requires to be faithful and the outcome of your faithfulness. Amen. And I'll speak about David being a shepherd boy. And the Bible tells us about how he cared for the, the sheep. And this week I was pondering on that, just being a shepherd meant that he understood the conditions of the sheep that he looked after. He understood how they felt when they acted in a certain way. For those of you who have dogs, I, I used to have dogs, and when my dog was uh, pregnant and we were expecting, I, I was reading about the signs to know when my dog was ready to deliver, you know. So I kept going around, I kept reading, I kept looking at the signs, and Lo and behold, one night I was like, oh, it looks like it's tonight. You know, it's tonight. So I laid, I laid the warm cloths and everything on the ground. That was David. He understood what his sheep needed. He was so faithful. Why should I be faithful looking after sheep? Why should I? I believe some of us will ask that question. Why should I be faithful looking after sheep? They, they, can, they can look after themselves. I just need to lead them into some grazing area and walk away. They should be fine, right? But we are told that when one is attacked, David goes out there and fights for their safety. And in Matthew 18, 12 to 14, we are told, what do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek that one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep 
than over the 99 that did not go astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. How are we faithful to one another as a church, as members? How do we look after each other? If you are not faithful in another man's vineyard, what makes you believe or think that God will commit to you your own? How faithful are we in church? How faithful are you in your Monday to Friday services to wherever you work? How faithful are you to your own time? How faithful are you to your health? There's so many questions we can ask ourselves this morning in terms of our faithfulness. Amen? And John said, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. And I go back to David quickly. All this time, he was being tested. David was being tested to see the posture of his heart. David was being tested to see if he was worthy. No wonder God would say he is one man after his own heart. And I said, for those of you who look after dogs, especially in this country, when you walk behind your dog or they walk behind you and you pick their litter, that's a level of faithfulness. I know there are laws, but please, that's, that's a different level of faithfulness. Bless you for that. And if you can apply that to your pet, your dog, your friend, how much more? Look, look at yourself applying that to a lot of the things you do in life. Amen. No, I'm saying this because if my dog litters, the smell, the stench of that, there are times I'll stop feeding them because I think I'm giving you too much food, too much protein. You know, let me starve you a little bit. Let me just give you pellets for now. No more meat. But you faithfully follow after that dog. And when they litter, you pick them up. You wipe it. You put it in the bag. You walk to the nearest bin and you, you drop it off. God knows if they decide to litter four times before you get home that day, you'll be bending and doing that. Faithfulness. David was being prepared. And we all know the story. If he had failed that test, he wouldn't be keen because he wasn't worthy. So now we read from Matthew 25, verse 14, the parable of the talents. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. I know we know that story. And I know how the one who received just one talent felt. <laughs> that was disrespectful. Like, you know what? You, you can disrespect me, but not in front of everyone and just give me one talent when you, give, when, when you are giving some people five. But 
if you look at this story deeply, you understand that this is not the first time that the master has traveled. This isn't the first time they've been given talents. Over time, they've proven that they can be given five, three, and one. Amen? And sometimes you need to be given one to come back from where you are to be able to receive five. And I know a lot is going on around us as a nation where faithfulness is no longer a key ingredient to handling national conversations. Faithfulness is no longer key when it comes to the finances of the country. It is more to do with how much people can amass for themselves. The pride of not even able to say, you know what, I am wrong. I messed up. I need help. I am not faithful in what you've given me, so I need someone else who is faithful to take it off me. But we have seen an attitude where we are told that faithfulness is no longer a thing to be pleased. So you can just have your way. So far as you are, you are forceful, so far as you have the power, you have the resources, you move through and you have your way. And little by little, is descending into every fabric and aspect of our society. Back in the days when you jump on the bus and you see people sit on the bus and they put their foot on the chair, and I'm like, what's wrong with you? Someone else might sit on it when you get down. At least, do you have a care in life to be faithful? But you know what? He never bought that bus. He never paid towards that bus. All he has is an oyster card. Or a monzo that allows them to jump on that bus. And they can tear that bus down. They don't care. If it's out of the street tomorrow, they don't even know that it's out of the street. And as a church... One of my prayers and one of my questions to God is, how do we get back to that place of faithfulness? How does faithfulness pour out from the church into the streets, into our community, into our workplace? It's quite a lot of work for the church to do and for its, its members, the body. I know we are hard-pressed on every side. But the Bible tells us that we are not crushed. We might be perplexed sometimes. But not in despair. Yes, indeed, we can see persecution in this season. But God has not forsaken us. People somewhere else trusting God might be struck down. But their soul, their spirit is not destroyed. God grant you warmth, my dear. Amen. Luke 12, 41 to 48, Peter asked the Lord, are you telling us this parable 
to us or to everyone. The Lord said, when, who then is the faithful and sensible manager? His master will put in charge of his household servants to give them their allotted food at the proper time. Blessed is that servant whom the master finds doing his job when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming, and starts to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, that servant master will come on a day he does not expect him. Why are we reading this verse? I'm reading this verse to you this morning to let you know that you don't turn on and off your faithfulness button. You remain faithful to the end. You are not faithful when you see your fellow believers. And when you see unbelievers, you become unfaithful because you need to mingle. You need to look alike. One thing that I need us to understand in our faithfulness to God and to the call as believers is that we are just occupying till he comes. So as we occupy, Let's live out our faithfulness to the fullest. Amen. We might face opposition. This week, I think I read somewhere where the Crown Prosecution is saying, um, is trying to pass a law to say worshipping or telling people about the faith is actually wrong. And I remember in November or in December, yeah, in November when I was in Malvin, someone mentioned and said, now the UK is enjoying some peace in terms of the church. What if we get to a place where there is no more peace for the church? What if we get to a place where there is no more laws protecting the church? What if we get to a place where the church does not receive any financial support from the government? What if we get to a place where our gift aids no longer come in? What can we do as a church? What if we get to a place where we are no longer seen as a charity? Are we still going to remain faithful to God? When everything is stripped away, are we still going to be faithful? And when the person said, I said, where is this coming from? But to think that I just read this just last night about the crown prosecution. And if that happens, that means you can be prosecuted for actually evangelizing or witnessing to someone. Because now it is deemed as you forcing down your faith on someone. So when that happens, my question is, 
does it then grow into a thing where we don't even have the access to stream our services? Where we are asked, we can only speak to our own within our own confined space. Whatever God has given us right now, we need to start asking ourselves, how faithful are we in the use of the resources he has given us? How faithful are we in our offices? How faithful are we in the people we speak to? How faithful are we in our outreach to people? How faithful are we to the flock? How faithful are we to those we haven't seen in a while? How faithful are we in terms of even us reading the Bible, seeking the face of God, how faithful are we when it comes to our morning devotion? And one thing I'd like us to ask ourselves this morning is, are you trustworthy? I want to believe this morning there's a lot going on in your mind right now in terms of what we are talking about. And you are probably questioning your faithfulness. God loves you. He wants the best for you. Because he sees the best in you. But like Pastor said, he's not going to twist your arm. The choice is in our hands right now. Which is quite tricky. Because the choice is in our hands. We either take it or we leave it. And it is my prayer that when those opportunities come, we do not miss the signs. That we do not miss the manifestations of what God is trying to do in our lives. To challenge us to be faithful. The Bible says, to him that much is given. To him much is given. So for the worship team, to him that much is given. For the instrumentalist, to him that much is given. To the church staff, to him that much is given. To us, the congregants who come every Sunday, to him that much is given. And one thing I'm still seeking God and I'm trusting him for a response is how do we see growth? How do we measure growth in church? Do we come to a point where we don't preach in the pulpit again? Because we are all at that level where we are so sharp that we are sharpening each other up. Do we get to a place where we are so mature in the spirit that we do not need milk? We are no longer babies. That we can deal with the hard issues of this world. 
Because sometimes in our faithfulness, what sometimes we fear the most is that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It is easier to sit in the background and watch other people face the attacks, face the challenges. It is true that it might not concern us what is happening in Iran. But they've they've publicly hanged someone. If humanity can get to that place where being vocal can cause a group of people to sit and say, we say this is the 21st century, people can say, you know what, we can hang you for what you said. There's a proverb in my, in, my, in my language where it says, when your brother's hair is on fire, grab hold of a bucket of water. Yours might not be on fire, but when, when your brother's is on fire, grab hold of a bucket of water. There are so many things happening around us as a people and as a nation that we need to be so concerned about that we, we have to get to a place where we need to disconnect from being inward as a church and become outward as a people and be faithful to the call that we have been called to. Go out there. When the gospel says, be fruitful and multiply. How do we multiply if we are inward? And multiplication does not... I think the only way... Multi, no, I can't, I can't term that as multiplication. That's someone giving birth. I can't term that as multiplication. But whenever anything multiplies, you see the fruits of their multiplication. How do we multiply as a church? We go out. We reach out. We touch lives. We love on people. We speak the truth to people. We don't water down the truth. We speak the truth to people in a loving manner. That we can win some. We might not win all, but that we can win some for Christ. Amen? That on that day when our lives are failing, we can look back at what we've done for Christ. And we can be proud. Church, I've always said this, and I'll say it again. Let's be willing to comfort those who need comforting. But those who are already comfortable, let's encourage them to step up. Ever since I heard that word, it always tears me up. Comfort the afflicted, afflict the comfortable. Some of us, we are comfortable. And we need to be told the truth in a loving way and say, you know what, step up your game. It is nice what you do right now, but please, your level of faithfulness needs to increase. I need to see a little bit more dedication. I need to see a little bit more of excellence. Stop giving this bent offering and be proud of yourself, please. You can do far exceedingly greater things because your father is capable. Because when you become self-reliant, you, you, you tend to stop. You no longer rely on God. 
So you, 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 you kind of like you set yourself on cruise control. So whether the speed limits change or not, you are just on cruise control. Everybody is hoping we would have arrived in 10 minutes, but we are still on cruise control. Because that forgot to switch up to 70 when he moved up from 50. Church, whatever you have, whatever God has called you to do, this morning, my call to you is, are you faithful? It is not just for the preacher. It is not just for the pastor and his family. It is not just for the leaders of the church. It is for all of us. It is for all of us. So as much as we are faithful to our own selves, to a degree that it can be selfish, let us sometimes bring in balance. Amen? I, I wish I was speaking on Advent, but <laughs> praise God. I don't know who that word is for this morning, but lately I'm on a journey with God showing me signs. But I don't know who that word is for this morning, but According to the power of God this morning, I just want to say, whatever yoke it is, I can assure you it is broken. Amen? Whatever it is that might have been lingering for so long, you did not even have to move an arm. It has been broken. Amen? If only you believe, you will receive. Amen? So I leave you with what did God bring to your attention this morning? Are you going to consider how much time you spend in his presence? Are you going to work harder when it comes to your prayer life? The Bible says, as Jesus and his team, as they prayed, the fashion of his countenance began to do what? Change. And I said, so what happens if we pray? If, our, if the fashion of our countenance is not changing God, there's something wrong. What do we need to do? Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O oh Lord, that you, O oh Lord, will make your church a space where we encounter Jesus. I pray, O oh Lord, that, Father, you cause us to be a people who love, who are faithful to a fault. I pray that, O oh Lord, you make us a people who are trustworthy, even when the times are tough. Even when we are hard-pressed on every side, we can look up to you and remain faithful. And may we understand the peace that you give. It is not as the world gives it. 
So may we not be attracted to this false peace that the world is giving. That we miss your peace when there are challenges because we think the peace that the world gives is the best. Because in your word, you say, my peace, which surpasses all understanding, meaning there is no way we can actually understand what your peace means. But when we are met with that peace, something tangible happens in our lives. Father, according to your word, in the name of Jesus, Father, we declare right now anyone who needs to be set free, to be broken free, to be let loose, we declare in the name of Jesus that they are free. That they can exercise their faithfulness in spirit and in truth unto you. That others can see the fruits that they bear and they would desire to follow after them. It was no wonder that when you fed the 5,000, they were looking after, they were looking for you. Can we be a people that when we encounter people, they look for us? Because they've seen Jesus. Can we, can we grow as a church to a place where there is a yearning, there is a testing for the presence of God? That when it comes to our prayer gatherings, when it comes to our Bible teachings, that people will run after the word. Father, oh Lord, and for those of us who are still unsure as to whether to walk this walk, whether to walk this road with you. We pray, O oh Lord, for your strength. We pray, O oh Lord, that you grant them liberty, for in you there is liberty. We pray, O oh Lord, that you grant us all sound mind in this season, that in as much as the news might be reporting something else, we will look up to you, the perfecter of our faith. That when the world is speaking of a casting down, we can say our God is doing a lifting up of us. Father, we give you praise. And we pray, O oh Lord, that your peace in this season, which surpasses all understanding as we celebrate the month of December, may that peace rest upon each and every one right now in the name of Jesus. That we will experience your grace and mercy wherever we go in the, in the weeks ahead of us. That you, O Lord, will make a way where there seems to be no way. You, O Lord, will be our provider, our protector. You, O Lord, will be the one to order our steps. Above everything, Father, O Lord, I say, Father, may your peace, may your grace, May your blessings abound upon this household. That you will continue to do marvelous and mighty things in this house. That the light of God will continue to shine. The light of God will continue to break through every darkness. That the light of God will continue to bring about freedom. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you.